Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and Federal. I updated again and FederalBaseball.com. <laughs> this is Patrick <laughs> Reddington from Federal Baseball. It's three years of conditioning, Dave. I'm going to break it one of these days, even though you just taunted me not. Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line after the National 6 4 loss to the Marlins tonight in season opener in National Park. Start with the weather, Dave. What do you think about the way the Nats handled this? It probably be hard uh, to <laughs> explain not starting the game on time like, like they did, as nice as it was at that point. But knowing that a storm was coming an hour later, what do you think about the decision to go on with the regular game time and, and have an hour delay there in the middle? We'll talk about how Town kind of Roark dealt with that. Roark dealt with that, but yeah. just the handling of the situation I, overall. Right. I, I think with all the pomp and circumstance, they really were kind of had their hands tied here and. and really just had to start knowing that the rain was going to come anyway. Um, it was very nice when the game started, and then, uh, like you said, it uh, it dropped 20 degrees and started to rain and hail and wind and uh, Armageddon out there. But, uh, um, yeah, I think they didn't really have any other chance other than to start it, play what they could, and then, um, and then restart it because it was going to be several windows, and actually the, the rain that was supposed to come later in the day after the first delay, it never really came, so they were able to play without another stoppage. But um, it's bad enough when you got to stop for an hour and a half right in the middle of your home opener. Yeah. Tanner Roark was on the mound in the home opener. Interesting decision that we talked about to have him out there. Uh, 21 hits, four and runs allowed in 18 innings of spring. Uh, Baker lined him up for the home opener after last season, kind of that lost year in the bullpen. 317 ERA, 377 FIP, 1.75 walks per nine, 5.95 K per nine, 245, 290, 370 line against, and 295 innings as a starter. Back in the rotation today, it didn't start strong. Give up five hits, three earned runs in the first, up to 52 pitches after two innings when the delay came, and a rough start there for Roark. And we'll get him get to the uh, delay and bring him back out next. But a rough couple first innings there and a lot of pitches early. Yeah, it really was, and he gave up four consecutive singles. Um, you know, none of them really hit all that hard. The um, the big one was the, the bloop that just got past Ryan Zimmerman's outstretched glove, and, um, you know, you find yourself down three to nothing uh, before you even come to bat in your home opener, and that's just a tough way to go. Roark wasn't particularly sharp today. You mentioned all the hits. Uh, he walked a couple guys. It just it wasn't a very sharp performance from him, either before or after the rain delay. And after the rain delay, uh, I think we were both in the press box here talking about we were surprised that he came back. It was an hour and 25 delay. Uh, Dusty Baker was asked about it afterwards. Here's the full quote from him. Mike Maddox and I talked about it. Like always, we were getting pretty close to when it was going to be too long, but he was throwing in between in the bullpen. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, you tell us the truth, how you feel. Are you feeling any tightness or anything? And he said, no, I'm not. He said, I'm telling you the truth, and he said it was too early, which I concur. It's too early for heroes in game three of the season, and so you've got to take him at his word. He's a pretty honest guy, and Mike and I evaluated and decided to send him back out there. Still kind of surprised they did. Uh, he ends up throwing 99 pitches in four innings. Clearly wasn't sharp. Uh, got a double play after a leadoff single, but a two-out hit. Uh, the seventh hit he gave up, drove in another run, RBI single by Hechevaria to put the Marlins up 4-3 to three after the Nationals had rallied there on the Danny Murphy uh, triple that drove in three ones that we'll talk about in a second. But just overall, just not a strong outing by Roark. And I'm sure that delay in the middle didn't help. So were you surprised that they sent him back out there? 
Uh, I'm I'm shocked that they had him come back out and pitch after an hour and 25 minute rain delay. Um, like we were talking about um, when it was going on, you mentioned that that Doug Fister was never right last year after he did the similar thing. Um, it's just it's a, it's just there's so much potential for fraud and peril when you're when you bring a starting pitcher back after any kind of delay, let alone an hour and a half delay. And he could have been throwing you know in the pen and and whatever you know, during the break, but still, it's different than than being on a major league mound in front of 40,000 people and having to get amped up again to uh, to go full speed. So, just really surprised by the decision to send him back out there after the delay. One big hit they did get tonight, we'll talk about them not getting through hits in a moment, but uh, Anthony Rendon doubles with one down in the first inning. Wild pitch moves him up. Bryce Harper walks. Ryan Zimmerman walks. Jason Worth strikes out swing for the second out of the inning, but Daniel Murphy comes up next. Uh, he's got the real first big pop out of the crowd of the year outside of the introductions today where the Nationals were going crazy for them and a little bit of booing of Papelbon, but we'll just skip over that. But really big hit by Danny <laughs> Murphy there. Three-run triple. Got the crowd up and into the game. Tied it up at that point. And nice way for Danny, Danny, Daniel Murphy to introduce himself to the nation's capital. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this guy's uh, um, hitting right out of the box. I mean, this is what he does. Um, drawing a couple walks, which is something that he hasn't done traditionally. But, um, but yeah, you got to love the production You're, they're getting out of him. I mean, he, he missed a home run by three or four feet, missed a grand slam by three or four feet off the wall out there. So, um, yeah, just a tremendous uh, performance from him today. The Marlins starter, Adam Conley, um, looked even worse than Roark did there at the start. And, um, you know, it's just a shame that he never <laughs> – the Nets didn't get another at bat against him with the with the rain delay and everything. But uh um yeah, and it's also nice to see Murphy, you know, hitting well off of a left hander. I mean that's um that's big for him. Zumero, Petit gave up one run, David Phelps with a two out single driving Justin Bohr after he doubled, Danny Hetcheveria uh, doubles on a five ball to center, Justin Bohr scores on that one again. Bohr is just a pain in the national side. He keeps on giving them trouble but <laughs> I think the big, the big thing tonight was the Nationals just coming up empty. Uh, Jason Worth, 0 for 3, 6 left on base, uh, runners on in his first three at-bats, as you noted, during the game. Uh, Dusty Baker talked about him afterwards, had some interesting things to say, just that he's kind of in between. Uh, that's what happens when you're in between. You're kind of in no man's land. You're late on fastballs. You're early on breaking balls. Right now his timing is off. He's frustrated. You can see it in his face, but we're all frustrated. But three games in, you can't – put too much stock in anything either way if you're going hot or going cold like Jason Worth is right now, but definitely hasn't looked comfortable up there at the plate so far. Some bad swings we've seen, no, not, in, which we're not used to. Yeah, not at all. And, and you know, Dusty can say he's in between and he doesn't have his timing, but, um, you know, he's got a slider speed bat. I mean, this is a player that's aging. You know, he's 38, 39 years old, whatever he is exactly at this point. But um, but still, I mean, his bat is slowing down. He's been a guess hitter for the last couple of years. Um, you know, when he guesses fastball, he's able to turn on it. And um, we saw it today. He looked at a pitch right down the middle of the plate um, and then was late on the next fastball. So um, these are things that he's going to have to adjust to as he gets older, and they're just things that, that, that the Nats fans are going to have to expect watching him because he's not going to get better at his age. He's, he is what he is. What made it even tougher when it was a relatively close game of the Nationals, uh, one for 11 with runners in scoring position after Clint Robinson and Michael Taylor came swinging with two on in the sixth. 
the end of the day, one for 13. Uh, Marlins gave up all kinds of free passes, nine walks total on the day, and Nationals just outside of Murphy couldn't come up with a big hit. You, giving away runners like the Marlins where you got to take advantage of them and at least catch some of those in. What ends up as two-run loss, that's a huge going, one for 13 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, you know, they got runners on – they got two runners on in, in the in the fourth and fifth innings. They got two runners on in each of the eighth and ninth innings. Um, you know, those are runs. Those are base runners that you have to cash in, and you put so many on base. Eventually, you know, you're going to cash in by some, some by accident. But the Nats weren't even able to do that today. One person who did come through, in addition to Murphy, Bryce Harper, a few really good at bats today, taking the walks that they were giving him. But he battled Brian Morris to uh, get to a full count. Gets a sinker that he likes and does not miss. A solo shot to right off the facade of the second deck. Second home run of the year, 99th of his career so far. One for two, two walks. I think that's how he ended up. I didn't check his final line. But yeah, one for three, two walks, a home run, two on the year. And just really crushed that ball, absolutely. Almost hit one out later in the game, too, on the straight center that got knocked down. But just Harper's clearly kind of locked in early and probably the opposite of worth at this point, just feeling it early and and everything that's thrown to him when they do actually give him something to hit. Oh, yeah, you know, that 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 he hit the home run on. I mean, he looked like he did it on purpose. You know, he looked like he knew he was getting. It was a sinker that didn't sink, so it was center cut, and he just teed off on it. I mean, he, that was a rocket getting out of here. And I thought the ball he hit the next inning that, that died on the warning track, I thought that one was hit better. You know, and it's just a, it died in the in the thick air tonight. I mean, if it was if it was the middle of June, that ball would have been halfway up the red porch. That, that's how well he hit that second ball that died in the died in the gloaming. Nice to see Sean Kelly come back with another nice out in. They gave him that one uh, at that one pitch last night to kind of get that uh, season debut out of his mind and get back out there on a good note. He comes through with an inning and a third tonight. Scoreless strikes out Giancarlo Stanton in a really big at bat. Nice slider to Stanton to get him swinging and a. Uh, it was nice to see Kelly kind of bounce back, sign that big three-year deal this winter, and you'd hate to see him have some sort of issues coming out of that first outing. But apparently, it was just uh, you know first first outing of the year jitters for him. It looks like. Yeah, now this is a guy that's got borderline elite skills. He strikes out over 11 per nine innings. Um, it throws a slider an awful lot, and it's a good one. Um, his fastball is enough to keep people honest. I mean, this is a guy that. Um, you know, like you said, they're not signed to a three-year contract. I mean, he is the most logical choice to become the closer when Papelbon becomes a free agent at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, like you said, it's good to see him uh, dismiss opening day and get back on the horse and, and have a good appearance today. So you're back in D.C., the crowd's back in National Park for the first time this season. Uh, what do you think overall of the season opener in D.C.? Nationals didn't come through offensively like we would have liked them to. They gave up 13 hits and six runs, but Spite of the rain, overall, a nice crowd showed up at the park. Though. Not many of them were left when this one ended five hours after it started. Yeah, you know, that that was, uh, you know, the beginning of the day was really nice. The stadium was full. Everybody enjoyed all this pageantry. You know, we saw the Budweiser Clydesdales bring the ball in from center field. And it's, uh, you know, it was just, it, it was a nice day. We had the flyover, um, the Jersey Boys sing the national anthem. So that was really nice. And, um, you know, just it, it's tough when when you've got a rain delay on opening day, and, and let alone any kind of rain delay. But for an hour and a half, where you know people are just standing around and leaving, and you know the the, the Caps were playing tonight, so I'm sure there were a bunch of people that wanted to do both. And um, you know, it, it's it's just tough to make it's tough to make anybody sit through an hour and a half rain delay, let alone a 
capacity crowd like this on opening day. They got a day off tomorrow to rest up after a long night in Atlanta and a long day today at the park waiting out the rain. And got Joe Ross on the mound. Uh, we talked a lot about Steven Strasburg kind of mixing up the pitch selection and surprising a few people. Joe Ross, there's been a lot of talk about that splitter. He continues to work on the change to supplement the fantastic fastball and white hot slider he has. Uh, what are you expecting from Joe Ross this season? Are you worried at all that they're going to have a book on him and wants to? Info gets around a little bit there, and people see more of him. Uh, is he going to really need to develop that third and fourth pitch, or do you think he can get by a fastball and slider for a little longer? Well, I think I think if he's going to remain a starter, he needs to develop a, third, a usable third pitch. It doesn't have to be good. It's just got to be something to keep guys off balance. It's got to be something to be able to show a left-hander, um, to break away from a left-hander where the sliders are all breaking into him. Um, so he's got to be able to develop something. Uh, I, I think he's probably got enough talent that he'll be able to do that. Um, obviously, he comes from from a good bloodline because his, his brother's a major league pitcher as well, and a good major league pitcher. I think Joe Ross is going to be a good major league pitcher, but he, if he struggles this year, he won't be the first 23 year old in his first, you know, first opening day appearance. Um, to struggle. I mean, this is a pitcher that we have to remind people has more major league appearances than he did combined at double-A and triple-A. So this is still a very young pitcher. He had a lot of success at the end of last season, um, but there are still things that could go wrong and he could struggle this year. So um, my, my expectations for him are tempered. I, I think he's going to be a good pitcher. Um, I, I just think that, that he needs to, to develop that, that usable third pitch. Like I said, it doesn't even have to be good but it just has to be usable to keep left-handers off of him a little bit. Yeah, and some of my questions about Joe Ross uh, feed into what I was thinking when they were putting Tanner Roark back out there after an hour-and-a-half delay. You really can't have much go wrong in this rotation. Uh, there's, Mike Rizzo has said before he likes the depth. He likes seven, eight pitchers that they have there who could pitch in the major leagues. That includes, in his mind, uh, the interviews he gave his winner, A.J. Cole and Taylor Jordan. But behind those top five, I think there's a lot of question marks, and there's some question marks at the end of the national top five. Oh, I agree. You know, I wrote about it, you know, during our season preview. We've talked about it here a couple of different times. Um, Roark and Ross are nowhere near sure things at the four and five. Um, if there's attrition, meaning they're not as good as they were previously, the Nats really don't have any other recourse other than to bring Lucas Giolito up earlier than they want to. Um, you know, Mike Rizzo can say that he's got confidence in, in Taylor Jordan to be able to come up here and get major league hitters out, but the stats say otherwise. He just hasn't done it yet in the opportunities that he's had. A.J. Cole, you know, he got destroyed in his cup of coffee up here last year uh, and hasn't had mind-blowing numbers in the minors. Uh, I frankly think A.J. Cole is a player that they need to move to the bullpen at this point and getting getting – you know, coming up with a mindset that this is how we're going to be able to use him in the major leagues as opposed to um, still trying to make a starter out of him. So, so yeah, if there's attrition or if there's an injury in the starting five, um, I'm of the opinion that the Nets have a lot of trouble on their hands. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there, though I will disagree with you on Cole. I haven't quite given up on him yet. I liked his numbers at the end of the year last year when he supposedly figured out a mechanical issue that was causing him some problems, but definitely haven't seen enough of him to make any judgment uh, or trying not to judge him on that one outing in Atlanta because that was just bad all around, some bad circumstances and right. the way he was handled, I think, as well. But we'll see what he can do. Hopefully he doesn't come to that. Santa Roark gets a, takes a loss today. 
Uh, Nationals dropped their first game of the season, 2-1 and one on the year after a 6-4 loss to the Marlins. Two more of the fish coming up Saturday afternoon at 4, Sunday 135. We'll talk to you after those games. Match Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. I did it, Dave. I did it. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Way to go, Saturday, Saturday night. See you. Doghouse says, go Nats.